Hello everyone and welcome to Chai with Rai. Hi, I'm your host Rai and if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible or wherever you stream your podcast from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast and share it on your stories, on social, on their TikToks and spread the word. It organically grows the show and connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before and overall just shares the love. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, today's Wisdomist Chai clip comes from my chat with Saran Kohli, who is a creative director, fashion designer, and choreographer based in London, although his work makes him travel all over the world. Saran, if you're listening to this, I live for your travel pictures. Make sure to check him out. I'll link all of the social media situations and all of the information of the episode where this clip is chosen from down below. In this clip, we are going to dive into Cern's passion for vitiligo. And something that really stood out to me that I wanted to share in this short clip is what people should perceive vitiligo to be. And he touches on race and he touches on so many other things through a symbolism of vitiligo, which I just thought was really beautiful to look at. And he talks about his journey into acceptance and just kind of loving the person he is. Because the first time I actually met Cern, I just looked at him and I was like, this man is so beautiful and so handsome and he is truly just a generous person and a kind person. And I think if you ever get to know him or have a conversation with him, you'll see his passion for everything that he does come through. So I'm going to stop talking, warm up my masala chai that I got from Dishoom and I'm going to put in a couple of my own little saffron and maybe cardamom in there because I just want to add a little bit of a twist one and I'm going to make it vegan with cashew milk. So I would suggest you to warm up your chais as well, whatever one it is, if it's an adrak chai, if it's a mint chai, if it's a ginger chai, whichever one it is. And let's dive into today's episode. It was a week before my sister's wedding and uh, everyone noticed it there because no one could tell I had something. I thought it was, could be a pimple or it could be a scar from a pimple, you know, yeah. anything. It's only when I was there. And then, you know, in Punjabi, it was called Faleri. And they were saying these words and stuff and they were like, you know, the way... and it kind of, the conversation just kind of went on. No one actually came directly to me. Oh, your life is over. It's just conversation you hear. And you know, when you're like 15, 16, yeah, you, you're going. You're going through. You know, we all been there. Fifty, sixty. You want to be this perfect image. Like my style yeah. has to be perfect. My hair has to be perfect. Like you know, I want. I want. I want to be the the, the the you know the coolest dude in the in the room. Suddenly, you're like, this is this is it. You you can't you can't be public person anymore. Um, it really affected my confidence and it affected my self esteem because I was coming when I came back and then when it was seriously looked into, in terms of what it is, what is it termed as here? We went to, we, I made an appointment with the doctor in the hospital with NHS, with, with you know, there was no research, there was no research. There was just a printout, I remember yeah. saying, this is what vitiligo is. Um, all, all, all the doctor said is, listen, it's just, you know, unfortunate that your dark skin is shows, but here you can't tell, you know, um, we can give you some cream to see if it works. But then after that, it says, try makeup. So, the doctor said that. The doctor said that, and wow. another petition said that that there's a there's a there's a makeup brand called some I can't remember now, but there's a makeup brand in Selfridges. That was the only place you could get. And my mum went and got that, and I said, "Just try." I'm like, "Mum, I don't feel comfortable. Like yeah. I'm drinking. I'm hiding myself. I don't know. It's like." And the thing was, it was only this much, but it, it, because of stress, it it started uh, expanding, started spreading. Yeah. And I had to just wear makeup, and I was just conscious because I'm like. 
I'm constantly being looked at because even someone's talking to you with eye contact, you're thinking they're looking at this. They're thinking yeah. this in your head. It's like a speech bubble. Oh my God, what's this? Oh my God, what's that? Yeah. Those are the things kept happening at school. And I, I came home, I said, mom, I don't want to go to school. I can't handle this. I don't know what's happening. I think I'm going to die. I think this is going to spread everywhere. And the thing was, because being an MJ fan, I knew what he had. Yeah. And what he had was what we call as extreme vitiligo. When it goes completely out of control, that you have no choice but to make your skin push it towards getting it all white. Yeah. So you had to go through, may have bleached or whatever, but he must have come to a point where it must have become such a mishmash that well, you his feel... Well, was burnt as well because he did what was it the Pepsi campaign where like... Yeah, yeah, heat. So it's like, it's sensitive to heat. And so things like this um, really affected me, my self-esteem, my confidence. I didn't know what to do. I felt like, you know, you go through this early mode of depression yeah. and you just think of the worst of everything. And they start coming in my hands and elbows and chest. I was like, this is it. This is the end. My, my, it's only when my grandfather stepped in and said, let me find. And on, in, it's one of those things. In India, they, had, well, they, they say they have the cure. And my, my grandfather went to Rajasthan, all the way to Rajasthan to find a root of a plant, which yeah. is in the form of a sand, that I had to have a little bit of honey. I couldn't even swallow it down. That was the only alternative at that time that was there. And homeopathy was there. But I don't think it had progressed so much in mid-90s to the point where, you know, it's widely available. It was just if only one of the many doctors had done any form of research. Yeah. Um, but over the years, I, I went through a lot in a sense of got uh, uh, steroids. I went to Mumbai, got steroids injected into me. They peeled my skin on my leg, shaved it off to see if it will grow. So it was like, I came to a point where I said to myself, I'm not, I'm not a dummy. I'm not an experiment. Yeah. And I had to stop. And I said, if this is going to cure, if there is, it's going to happen itself. If it isn't, it's not going to happen. I have to live with it. I have to accept it at some point. But I wasn't ready. I used to what say age, it. What age are you right now? What age am I right now? Not right now. Oh, at this moment. At oh, okay. this moment that you're saying the oh, speech to you. yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is, this is university. This is university. Yeah. This is, this is 17, 18, university, first, second year and stuff. And, you know, because it, 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 you go through a lot of things. You've gone through puberty. You've gone through, you know, you're in yeah. adolescence and stuff. And then you're going through this whole dating stage and having a girlfriend. You know, like, yeah. I don't wanna have, I'm not going to have a girlfriend. No one wants to be interested in me. I'm never going to get married because you just hear stuff. And, it, and what I realized is that I'm going for, to find a cure in India... But at the same time, the curse is in India. So where there's a solution, the problem a, is forced out. It's like, it's like a burger, you know, in the middle, you kind of in here in the meat, just hanging around and then yeah. just, just pointing out that we help you, but we don't want to help you. So there's a stigma joint to it and stuff. And loads of these things were happening. And it says, son, it's going to be difficult for you to find a partner. It's just very, very sort of like social pressure of a lot of things that affected me. And I sort of started becoming a person that didn't want it to be in front of the camera anymore. I didn't want to be faced with a position where I would be taking pictures of me or anything like that because I felt very much cut off from the point of that I don't feel much more human anymore, that the human side of me was stripping away. Yeah. And my, I felt very soulless at that time. So my university time was very much a little bit of a post-uni. Actually, it started spreading after university when I started working because I realized stress... XYZ is a factor, sun is a factor, can't eat this is a factor, fish and milk is like a stigma or whatever yeah. it is. But it wasn't until I was 24 when I had met a, a doctor who was based in actually in Punjab, is, is, is an aerologist, 
study of the eyes. So he, so I went to him because I had gone for a cousin's wedding and he wasn't so far from there. So we took this three hour trip to go and see him. And he was really recommended. And I said, no, point. we're here. Let me fulfill everyone's, you know, list of things to do better. I'll be kush, maybe kush. Let's go. He has studied my eye and all the veins here to say what problems I have. And he said, I found, because he used to make medicine from the plant. So yeah. this is like, you know, your lotions and everything that we have today. Yeah. He makes the, the, the actual formula, which is in raw format, then becomes synthesized into creams. He said, it's all related to your gut. And what's happened is through, the, through time, GMO, fast food culture, we are not eating real food anymore. And, he's, and I realized after that, doing much more research, that 2% of the population has vitiligo. Uh -huh. And that is, that is because of what we've been fed. Our bodies are not evolving faster than the food is evolving. So we're having a lot of things in our system that are not showing up and taking away a palate of ours or doing this. That really woke me up. That really was like, wow. I was like that. So, so he gave me a medicine that would just hit the gut to, he goes, any disease you get, be it heart problem or be it cancer, it starts from the gut. It doesn't start from the heart. It starts all, that's your center. The, yeah, that's your mother, motherhood, right? The, that was it. That was it. That's, that was the start. And I started researching, reading books. And I was, you know, going to New York. I used to meet someone. So, you know, sat me down and say, are you okay? And everything. This is the thing that happened. Like older generation didn't know how to start the conversations. Like, are you okay? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm fine. Like, what, why? What's wrong? And so you got vitiligo. So why would something be wrong? Why would it start? Why would it start from the, the, the step left? Why can't it start from step right? Yeah. And I, I had to change the conversation for myself. I had to be the one be like, if I was to be in this position where I saw a younger version of me and I said, what would I say to him? So that's how it had to change from grassroots. So I remember meeting this, I was in Waitrose and I, I, I saw this um, uh, young lady at the till yeah. and, and she saw me, I saw her, but I didn't, she had it all in her hands, but I didn't see that. She would constantly yeah. look at me. And I, at that time I thought, okay, I know what she's looking at. Maybe because she finds it fascinating or is it because she might have it? She goes to me, sorry, can I ask you something? I said, I have this and I don't know what to do. And the first wow. thing I said to and the first thing I said to her, you are beautiful. This is a beautiful thing you have. Trust me on this. This is a beautiful thing to have. I said, this is art on your body. Now, I said, if you want to do something about it, there's options available. But if you don't do something about it, don't let it stop you. I had to kind of say it, get go, just say it. Yeah. She goes, oh my God, no one's spoken to me like that. Like everyone just speaks to me like attack. So I yeah. had to strip it back and I said, first accept what you have, then decide if you want to undo it, if you feel like, because the procedure is very slow. It's a very lengthy, it's a lifestyle change. You have to change everything. Like citric acid has to be taken away from a diet. Meat, red meat has to be taken from a diet. Go yeah. vegan if you want. It's a very extreme version of it if you do. But it helped me talk and relate and speak. So every time I meet someone, I'll just give them every option on a piece of paper Anytime yeah. I'm like, try it. This is for me, this actually worked. UV light is an option, but for everybody is different. So a lot of my friends that I've grown up with, some of them had, they've been, I would say almost cured. So yeah, this was, it is, it's, it's, it's very, I would say as it doesn't feel, I don't feel I have it till I go physically. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel, but mentally it, it, it pinches you and mentally it attacks a part of your brain that says you are not, the image of perfection or you're not the image of normality or norm, what we call is normal. So that's what you're, you're pigeonholed. You're pigeonholed, you're stereotyped, pigeonholed, you're putting a label. 
But fast forward, man, I feel like now it's like, yeah, like we are counter, you know, we are activating conversations, we're activating solutions, we're activating help. We are talking about vitiligo, we are doing this, but I feel like it's a community of itself and I feel we need to be represented and I feel like we shouldn't be on the sideline. We should be part of everything which is forefront. And I think where we need to, uh, where I feel like I need to be more proactive is, is that look at ways and means of where, if, if I started with just a mask as a product, what else it could be that could be a representation of us? Yeah. What it could be as a community that could represent us? And I, I'm not sort of, triggered it to just okay it has to be something physical it could be something mental it could be anything but it needs to be something that stays and has a has a avenue to grow and it and it, and it gives purpose to anyone be a child be in be someone in the eight you know then the the last steps of their life but just something that gives them a sense of belonging I will definitely evolve it into a product line. I'm, I'm looking into clothing as such that represents this beautiful, yeah. beautiful, I call it beautiful palette of me that I am. Because I, you know, what I feel this is, is that I feel the Vitalag community is the antidote or vaccine for racism. Because mm. what is beneath you? What is oh, okay. Can you just say that one more time? Can you just say that Vitiligo <laughs> is the antidote <laughs> to racism? Honestly, Vitiligo wow. is the antidote and the vaccine for racism because when you take all of this out, yeah, what is beneath all of this? Yeah, color. What is color? That's why now when I talk of color, I just say I am. We we are never transition. We are transitional beings. We're yeah. not. We're geographically pushed and pulled and everything and a thing. You could cook a steak five, six different ways. You don't look at steak if I, yeah. you know, one way. Food is looked at many different ways. People, unfortunately, because we have the ability to think and reflect and we're so multi-dynamic in our ways, we get lost in having not just an opinion, but activating what we actually believe in. And what happens is that gets lost and dispersed. So in that sense this is what Vitiligo can actually help and do. It's eradicate prejudice, eradicate ignorance, and eradicate a previous code of conduct of what racism, or be it uh, institutional, or be it cultural, or be it relig religious, it can eradicate everything. Because at the end of the day, this is how human I am. I am yeah. made of different color. I have pink, I have white, I have brown. What is it that you, you can't see? You can't hear me you can't understand that i could speak i could talk so i think <laughs> that's the long term and it doesn't have to be me it could be anyone yeah. if i can play a small one percent role in this my job is done because i feel like this is a movement for a lot of things so that's that's where we need to work on we need to work on those ingredients of the vaccine I hope you enjoyed that clip from my chat with Saren. If you would like to listen to the entire episode, scroll down to episode nine. I will also link all of the information in the bio. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave us a review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast from. Share us on your stories, the gram, the Twitters, the TikToks, and the whatever nots. I don't know if I said that right. And make sure to tag us. Your support means a lot. It organically grows the show and connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before. And overall, just press the love. I will leave you as I always do. Stay curious and until next time.